It's time to build your momentum to start off your new year right with our evidence-based psychology and yoga podcast delivered directly to your earbuds five days a week. That's right. We are going to be replaying 60 of our top episodes five days a week. So we're going to be featuring expert insights, practical tips that will help you achieve your mental and physical wellness goals. From reducing anxiety and stress to improving your focus and concentration, the Wisdom for Wellbeing Momentum Season is the perfect companion for your yoga, mindfulness practices, and life. So tune in during your commute, while you're walking your dog, or while you're cleaning your kitchen to dive into the latest research and explore the powerful connection between your brain, body, and your best life. I'm looking forward to being in your earbuds pretty much daily as we kickstart your 2023 journey towards a happier, healthier, and more balanced you. And I think mindfulness is almost like for me a quality that we can develop, we can cultivate, and we can bring to so many parts of our lives. So mindfulness we can be mindful we can be aware when we do daily activities we can be mindful and aware when we are moving through yoga or through you know or walking or through other parts of our lives you're listening to the wisdom for well-being podcast the show that blends science and heart to bring you evidence-based tips and tricks for cultivating a healthy wealthy and meaningful life Now, here's your host, therapist, yogi, and fellow full-life balancer, Dr. Caitlin Harkis. Hi there. Welcome to Wisdom for Wellbeing. Before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to take a moment to acknowledge the difficult times, the uncertain times that we are going through right now as we make our way through the coronavirus pandemic. This is not easy for anyone. And I suppose the real challenge is that there is so much information and misinformation out there as to how we best cope, how we take care of ourselves, how we take care of our community during this time. In the next few episodes, I am very much endeavoring to bring on some medical practitioners who can shine a bit of light in regards to what exactly the coronavirus is and how it works. Because often when faced with uncertainty, our minds tend to fill in the blanks in the most catastrophic of ways. This said, I also want to acknowledge the very real risk that the coronavirus does place upon us and our communities. And in this light, the consistent message that we are seeing from reliable sources is that social distancing is really important right now. Of course, this doesn't need to be social isolation. You know, may we all find community ways of connecting. Some of the different communities I've been involved in are moving to Zoom and other virtual online-based ways of connection, and I would encourage you to reach out to explore what options might be available to you. And in line with this, I am just so delighted to offer today's episode. This is an interview with Dr. Chantel Douglas. One of the things that we do have an opportunity to be exploring, to be practicing right now, is that 
internal focus to shift our gaze inwards and to cultivate the sense of resiliency, this sense of peace from a place within, even though what we are facing in our environment right now is so difficult. So just to introduce Chantel, Chantel is a UK-based clinical psychologist, yoga and meditation teacher, and compassionate human. Her own journey from researcher to clinician and practitioner has led her to develop a deeper understanding of the mind, body, breath, and heart connection. These are tools that can be cultivated to promote well-being, and better yet, they are accessible to all of us. She integrates mindfulness, compassion, and acceptance-focused approaches and research into her clinical work and yoga teaching, and is passionate about holistic approaches to health and wellness, and emotional and mental health for all ages. What's really compelling about this interview with Chantelle is she describes this journey from researcher to practitioner of mindfulness because the data, because the evidence of mindfulness's efficacy was so impactful. She then moves from being a practitioner of yoga to a teacher in what is more of a personal journey. Chantelle offers a beautiful reflection on how they support each other in the cultivation of both well-being and compassion. Given these times right now, if there was ever a more salient time to really turn this focus inwards and cultivate presence, equanimity, and compassion, I think most of us would argue this would be it, both for ourselves and for the world and for our communities. And in line with this, Chantel offers a beautiful meditation at the end of the episode. So I would encourage you to listen in and to absorb that energy, that meditation. And if you would like to practice it at a different point in time, please head to the show notes at wisdomforwellbeingpodcast.com where you'll be able to find just the meditation audio on its own. So without further ado, here's Chantel. Welcome to Wisdom for Wellbeing, Chantelle. It is a delight to have you here with me today. Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute honor. Um, <laughs> I, I guess, you know, we were talking off camera a little bit before we get started. You know, we are having this conversation in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. And I think that will link in today's conversation. We were talking about how, you know, mindfulness, yoga, compassion, how these are really crucial elements in getting through this time. But I guess just to lead into things, would you mind sharing a little bit about who you are and then how you came to the practice of mindfulness and yoga? Okay, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm a clinical psychologist. I work and practice in the UK. I've been working as a psychologist um, for well over a decade now. And I guess for me, I came to mindfulness quite early on in my clinical practice. So I happened to be a research assistant <laughs> working away um, at, on a project, a pilot project at the time that was looking at how mindfulness um, can promote well-being for people who have experienced chronic health conditions, so long-term chronic pain. Um, 
And at that time, there was kind of growing research around mindfulness for different areas. Um, so for physical pain and for, um, I guess, uh, different emotional kind of challenges as well and how it may be useful. So I was reading, I was, so I was just as a research assistant, I wasn't uh, delivering the research, but I was doing a lot of the data <laughs> and I was, you know, filling in or, you know, um, submit writing up all these questionnaires and all these responses and listening to audio and and it was just honestly it was just so compelling and captivating to listen to follow people's journeys so you know how they were talking about their physical health their emotional kind of health um you know and other comp other aspects that have been challenged by all of that as well so their level of kind of connection to other people them feeling very isolated and um you know and, and other um you know feeling you know very different and 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 feelings of shame and all these sorts of things that that were coming up in their in how they were talking about themselves and being able to see this journey with mindfulness um around you know this sense new a, a different sense of relating to themselves and a different sense of relating to their physical experiences you know their thoughts you know their emotional experiences and then you know at the end of this journey being you know many being more able to do some of the things that they had felt impossible to do before I mean it was really quite powerful and because I was so close to the data you know and really kind of following the journey it was sort of you know and there were real humans who were talking about it and their lives it was really yeah, it really had a really big impact on me um it really sort of touched me and i think that naturally led me to just want to understand it more so i was this incredibly um you know kind of curious kind of you know being who was so fascinated in psychology and just <laughs> wanted to understand and make sense of things so um you know it touched me on a kind of you know on a on a kind of emotive personal level and, and then i really wanted to understand more about the science behind it as well so i just i i read i read every like as many books as i could get my hands on at the time i was lucky i was in a really big research university and in in London and um, so I was able to kind of just read and get lots of texts and I came across um, you know I, I came across kind of you know John Kabat-Zinn I came across you know Paul Gilbert I came across Mark Teasdale I came across Kristen Neff you know all of these you know Stephen Hayes all the lots of the lots of um, you know really really um, um, uh, really important kind of texts and psychologists who had been, you know, bringing um, a lot of this into the West. Um, I mean, so many, there are so many kind of beautiful uh, books and examples, both from a research perspective and then people who've kind of talked more anecdotally about how this, you know, this has um, had uh, been useful in their lives or, or in the lives of those that they work with and support. Um, and then, you know, and, and, and the more I read, I, I mean, I read broader than that. I read, um, you know, kind of around Buddhist psychology as well and philosophy and, um, I was just really, really kind of, it just, it just was a feeling of this feels like the right kind of direction for my, 
you know, I don't really know where it's going. I, I don't, but I know this is sort of the right direction. You know, sometimes you just get that, that sense that this feels kind of where I'm, you know, more I'm supposed to move towards. And, um, and then I started to practice myself, of course, because <laughs> as well as wanting to study it, I wanted to try it out. And then I started practicing meditation as well, mindfulness. Um, and it's kind of, you know, ebbed and flowed throughout my, um, to some extent throughout my journey as a psychologist. And that's purely because um, studying uh, kind of psychology, you, um, it's really important to study lots of different parts, you know, types of psychology and approaches and um obviously adjusting your practice for um you know so that it's you know meets the needs um of who you're you know who, who you're supporting and talking to so there was lots of kind of there's been lots and lots of influences in my psychology practice over the years but um there this has always you know to some extent remained a constant and it has remained kind of incredibly important and i think for me over it naturally drew me towards yoga as well wanting to kind of um explore um yoga and and mindfulness together how they kind of you know sort of work and support each other as practices um and then for me, I came to yoga much more from a personal level. So while mindfulness, you know, I use personally, but also in my in my kind of clinical practice, my clinical work, yoga was um, definitely more of a personal journey to it. <laughs> um, uh, it was hard. <laughs> it was really hard the first time I did yoga. Um, I was not naturally uh, flexible. I didn't do, um, you know, dance or, or any of those sorts of things. Um, and But it has been an incredible journey for me. And it has taught me, you know, my meditation and yoga practice has taught me so much about who I am about what I am, you know, capable of, what the body is capable of, what the mind is capable of. It's taught me so much kind of, you know, gratitude for all of those things, so much kind of compassion it, for myself and others. And it's been so humbling and grounding. And um, it's a really important part of my own well-being. Um, and it sort of led me to want to explore more and more ways about how these practices can be shared with you know with all really um they are tools that we can all um you know take things from and can be incredibly empowering incredibly you know healing or incredibly um you know it can allow us to understand ourselves better and our needs better and and for kind of growth and yeah i think it's just been for me it's been such an important journey um that's kind of led me here that's an incredible story you know to have gone from the experience of looking at mindfulness at an academic level you know intellectually looking at it and trying to understand what was going on and that to draw you in both further research but then to actually draw you <laughs> into the practice of it and to have you know, had this connection, this experience with both the practice of mindfulness and formal meditation, you know, sitting by the sounds coupled with yoga, that that's actually showing you more of 
who you are and allowed you to tune into this practice of compassion, you know, externally for, for others and, and for yourself, which is something, you know, I think a lot of us would struggle with. Yeah, it's been, it has been a very interesting journey. And I think it's always a little bit, you know, it's an interesting tension somehow to some extent, you know, the, the academic part of it and the research part of it, and then the personal part of it and the practice. And I think, I think they go beautifully together because I think understanding it personally can have a huge influence on, on how you, on how you make sense of the research, but also for me wanting to do, you know, I see great value in there being research because I, if I think about how practices, you know, we know that mindfulness and, you know, a lot of the, um, you know, the origins, you know, from, um, in terms of from Buddhist philosophy and psychology, you know, they've been around for a long, long, long time. They aren't necessarily new practices, but, um, you know, the research and being able to, um, to make, bring it more into, um, uh, into our kind of health system and things like that is, is really, really important, I think, because, um, it's perhaps needed uh, so that we can, you know, adapt these practices and 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 um, and make them kind of more accessible for more people. Um, but at the same time, I think having that personal understanding of it and and as a practitioner, if I'm using, you know, mindfulness, I think and compassionate focused approaches or acceptance approaches in my work, having a personal understanding, I think being uh, of of you know of these practices is is incredibly important i think it makes it authentic it makes it um yeah i think very powerful and with that you know for listeners who maybe are going oh what's the difference between let's say mindfulness and meditation or you know what is mindful movement what what will we define mindfulness as what is unique from mindfulness that maybe um, makes it more broad than meditation, for instance. Yeah, that's a really great question because I think they too, too often get um, linked very closely together. And for me, mindfulness um, is it, well, it, it's about being able to pay attention, you know, being in the present moment, um, and without judgment of your experiences. It is about awareness. Um, and I think mindfulness is almost like for me a quality that we can develop, we can cultivate, and we can bring to so many parts of our lives. So mindfulness, we can be mindful, we can be aware when we do daily activities, we can be mindful and aware when we are moving through yoga or through, you know, or walking or through other parts of our lives. It is simply you know, awareness of uh, rather than doing those things in automatic pilot or being kind of um, maybe caught or, or kind of lost in, um, in, in, in storytelling or, or narratives or, um, you know, the, those kind of patterns of the emotions feeding the, the thoughts and the thoughts feeling, feeding the emotions. It's that pattern of being able to step back, being able to step back and observe and see that 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 all happening and and that awareness and i think me meditation formal meditation 
because our brains, because that's incredibly hard for us humans to do the way we've evolved with our, you know, our, you know, our thinking kind of brain and all the kind of, you know, amazing things that our kind of new mind can, can do, our kind of human mind can do. It is incredibly hard for, for, for many of us, um, for all of us. And therefore we learn how to, meditation can be a way of helping uh, train us to do that, train our minds to, to kind of, to, to, to slow down, to be more present. And we often do that formally by looking at the breath. Um, but movement can be an incredibly powerful way and I think it can make it often more accessible for people also so yoga yoga um we're off we're usually invited really to to align the movement with the breath and when we're moving and breathing it can often be an easier way of kind of getting into or tuning into that mindful kind of practice and again, with kind of walking or running, you know, if we're tuning into the rhythm of our breath or the sound of our feet as they're kind of hitting the ground or we're looking at the colors of the trees and we're really being present and paying attention. And these are, that's us developing um, or cultivating this quality of mindfulness. And that mindfulness quality can apply to so much of our, of our lives. That's such an eloquent explanation. And I thought it was really interesting in this, you know, explanation of mindfulness and how it's much more broad and can really be cultivated through a practice of meditation, which is so useful because the way our minds have evolved, we've kind of got that monkey mind element. And I was curious about, you know, you have a really rich understanding in the work you do around an evolutionary framework, particularly around compassion-focused therapy, would you be able to share a bit about that? Because I think there's a lot of overlap. <laughs> yes. Um, and so through, after, so through the, my journey into mindfulness, I was very interested in compassion-focused approaches. So um, a psychologist called Paul Gilbert um, has written a lot about this. Uh, Kristen Neff has also written a lot about self-compassion um, and and I think they've been, they are all interlinked. I think mindfulness is almost like the, the root. Um, it's sort of like the base that, that we need um, to develop in order to then go on to develop more of these other practices, these compassionate practices. Because once we can, once we are able to become more present, to sort of slow the mind down, to observe, to notice the kind of typical patterns that we tend to kind of get caught up in automatically, then it can allow us to um, maybe respond, introduce a, a maybe a more compassionate response. You know, maybe we are responding in these ways because you know actually these are the way. You know, from an evolutionary perspective, these are the way. You know that are that our, our mind, um, you know, our kind of old brain, our way of kind of just automatically, um, you know, responding, you know, to fear or to panic, etc. This, this typically happens. Um, and all that there are things that have experiences that have happened in our lives that are not our fault that have meant that has sort of developed certain ways of responding to certain situations. And I think that 
mindfulness is sort of the grounding or the base in able to find ways to step back. But we can also then introduce or develop or cultivate our compassionate responses. So our ability to be compassionate to ourselves, you know, to acknowledge that, um, you know, that, that our experiences, you know, are, are, are there, um, but we can find ways of being able to sort of manage them. And also our compassion towards others that this sort of shared humanity really in it all. That's really beautiful. So you're starting with this awareness, this root that is mindfulness, and from there, blossoming into these practices of compassion, compassion to self, compassion to others. How does it link with with yoga and, you know, a mindful moving practice? (laughs) (laughs) For me, I think um, compassion is at the heart of yoga. It really is. I, I think if we think I mean I think on multiple levels I mean I think if we think of the teachings in yoga in terms of um you know the the eight limbs of yoga and the yamas and the niyamas and and some of those kind of parts of the philosophy which really is about um you know this kind of living in harmony living learning to live in harmony with ourselves with our you know the experiences that we have and and in and with others um and i think yoga practice also i think in a lot of practices you see people you see teachers linking in mindfulness you know they link in you know the breath and talking us through ways of being able to listen to the heart listen you know finding our intention listen to what it is we need right now what is it we need from this practice right now what is what is it that our body needs how can we listen and care more for our you know and in tune to more to that right now maybe we need to slow down in our practice maybe we need to go faster maybe we need to you know rest um maybe we need to do less of something and more of something else and i i think that inherently is quite a compassionate um a very gentle way of learning to be with our experiences and that with others um for me personally through my yoga practice uh, it's it's helped me becoming much more aware and compassionate towards my own needs you know even things like i remember for a long time when i first started practicing yoga i i i can never get what I ate before yoga class right I always used to either overeat or before because I was worried that I wouldn't have enough energy or I would or I would you know not eat for ages and then go and feel you know and I would feel really kind of you know faint and and not kind of right throughout the practice um I it was just so fascinating that something as simple as knowing what was the right way to feed and um you know provide nutrients my body to take care of my body so that i could engage in you know this kind of practice something as simple as that you know i really learned through my yoga practice i really learned what it is i needed right now to to do what i needed to do um and to really take care of myself and i think yeah i believe it is an inherently kind of compassionate um practice and i think that what i'm very very interested in right now is being able to link 
you know, the, the, the things we learn, you know, as, a, as I've learned as a psychologist from the research around mindfulness, around kind of compassion, you know, as, you know, and, and, and connection and, the, and that human bit of our kind of, you know, being vulnerable and being able to kind of connect compassionately to ourselves and others that, that we learn through the research, how we can link that much more formally, I think, through yoga and yoga being almost like a tool in which we can learn to cultivate and develop more of those practices. That's incredible. And you're doing brilliant work with this in London, aren't you? You're running some workshops that, you know, maybe we'll be moving virtually at some point, given the current context, but, you know, listeners would be able to link in with you. And um, I guess, do you want to just quickly share your contact details? I'll put them in the show notes as well, where people might be able to find you on Instagram or, you know, reach out if, if this is sounding interesting to them. Yes, of course. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at Mindful Yoga Psychologist. Um, and then on there, you'll find, you know, lots of contact details and you can email me or direct message me. That's probably the best, the best way to get hold of me. Um, I'm, I'm really excited about these workshops in London. And I'm really, I'm really, really excited about being able to do more of this work. Um, you know, I really believe, I really feel that psychologists and, you know, have a lot, have a lot to offer. And I think yoga is something that, and, and meditation is, is, can be so accessible to so many people, you know, and so many of, you know, uh, and, and lots of different communities. And so I, I, I really sort of feel it some way, it's sort of my mission, my path in some ways to be able to integrate this more and link this more. So I'd be very happy for people to get in touch if they've got any, you know, they're interested in, in that or, or want to hear more or want to kind of collaborate and do some things together. You know, we can build some community around this as well, just like you, you just like you and are talking now. Yeah, it's, it's such a beautiful opportunity to build connection and to share this, this wisdom and this insight that, you know, has so richly affected your life and, you know, you're, you're sending it back out into the world, you know, particularly, um, I think our world needs more of this right now. And I know if it's, if you have the space, were you perhaps still able to guide the listeners through a little meditation? Yeah, yeah, I will. So yeah, I think right now it does feel like a time where these practices can be incredibly, incredibly powerful, incredibly needed. And this is how I start my practice. So I just start by closing my eyes or lowering my gaze. And just I simply kind of become aware. So whether I'm lying down or sitting down, just feeling my body on the ground. So feeling those points of contact on the ground. Feeling or becoming aware of any clothes or anything kind of touching my skin maybe aware of the air whether how it feels whether it feels cool or warm having this sense of my body being rooted really rooted and grounded to the earth really stable now you start by taking a really deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth. 
And again, taking a deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth. Here you are. Here we all are. You may not know where we're going, but we know we are here. And we know that we are here together. Notice if any sounds naturally enter into your awareness. Maybe sounds that are near, sounds that are far. The sound of your own breath. And in this moment, connecting to that breath, that normal breathing rhythm, that soothing breath. Maybe becoming aware of the points where you feel the breath most strongly, whether that's the tip of the nose, the back of the throat, the chest, the diaphragm expanding and contracting or deep in the pit of the belly. Becoming aware of the rhythm of the breath, the length of the breath, the shape of the breath. And if the mind wanders, knowing that that's natural, Especially now, a mind may be flooded with many things that we can always come back to and connect to this breath, this breath that can bring us a lot of sense of feeling steady, anchored, a greater sense of clarity and calm. And as you breathe through your body, inviting that little aware, that awareness, starting from the top of the head and moving through and scanning through the entire body, almost as if you're shining a little light beam, a little light beam of awareness into the whole of you, who you are. So starting from the top of the head, Bringing that light beam of awareness through the head, the eyes, the jaw, the mouth, the throat. And in doing so, seeing if there's any invitation to invite a little bit of softness, anything that doesn't need to be there right now. Moving down through the full length of the arms, down through the center of the body, the hip down through the legs and all the way through the tip of the toes and then this time moving the other direction imagine that from the bottom of your feet as you breathe upwards as you breathe in and out the body is filling with light almost like you are filling up to the brim like a cup Full, full, full. And then finally, resting your awareness on that space in the center of your heart. 
And just resting there. What does my heart need right now? Can I send myself in these times of great change and uncertainty? Can I send myself the offer of kindness, of gratitude for what is right now? Is there something I can tune into that feels that really matters, that really matters right now? And as, as, the, as the world naturally calls for us often to kind of protect and preserve, can we connect to the heart of others at this time? Others who, like us, are also breathing, who are also sharing in this humanness. You know, more than ever, we are clear that we are all kind of bodies. <laughs> and we all need love, protection and care. So how can we send that offer of kindness to everybody right now? And then taking a deep inhale through the nose and an exhale through the mouth. Releasing, releasing. And just for a moment now, imagining the outline of your body, the physical, mental outline of your body. Imagining the shape of the room that you're in, the space that surrounds you. Imagine the space that surrounds the space that surrounds you, imagining the town that you're in, the country you're in, the oceans, the other countries, the outline of the world. We are here, we are here. And then when you're ready, you know, open your eyes. Hopefully feeling calmer, more connected to yourself and to everyone around you. Oh my goodness, that was divine. <laughs> Thank you so much, Chantel. I am sure the listeners will be feeling that beautiful light moving through their bodies and will hopefully take it out of their doors and you know in the sense of connection be it virtually be it at the shops as we're sort of you know navigating you know our our interesting experience at the moment what a beautiful message of love compassion and connection Oh, thank you so much for having me and the opportunity to share that with all of your listeners. I just a reminder, listeners, reach out to Chantel by Instagram. We will put all of the contact details in the show notes and wishing you so well, Chantel. Thank you so much for your time today. I hope that you found this interview with Chantel as nourishing as I did. I found it particularly useful to reflect on how mindfulness, meditation, yoga, and compassion-focused practices all link together and support each other. This is something that you can be practicing right now. I understand that there are a million and one things that will be getting in the way, including you know, the dis-ease that we are experiencing in line with the uncertainty of these times. 
But perhaps starting with the guided meditation that Chantel offered, head to the show notes wisdomforwellbeingpodcast.com to be able to listen into that meditation to nourish yourself whenever the mood strikes. You can also connect with Chantel via Instagram at Dr. Chantel Yoga. And I'll let you know when her webpage has launched. I'll update the show notes so you'll be able to find the links there. I'll also include Chantel's email address because she's open to you reaching out that way too. I'm very much wishing each and every one of you, your families, and your communities well. And I'll look forward to connecting with you next week on Wisdom for Wellbeing podcast. All right, bye for now. Thanks for joining us this week on the Wisdom for Wellbeing podcast. Please visit drcaitlin.com to connect, find show notes, other episodes, and to subscribe. While you're at it, if you find value in the show, we'd appreciate a rating or perhaps simply tell a friend about the show. Wisdom for Wellbeing is not a substitute for professional, individualized mental health treatment. If you are in crisis, please contact 000, your local emergency number if you are outside of Australia, or attend your local hospital ED.